0: And, w- and once again, good morning and welcome to the Northwest Check-In right here on at G-Town Radio, 929 FM WGGT-LP, Philadelphia, and online at G-Town Radio. And our guest for this morning is here, it is Germantown's own Ronaldo McKenzie. Ronaldo, yes. thanks for stopping <laughs> in this morning. You're yes, there Definitely. And I know you, you, um, <clears throat> you've uh, got a book out, we're going to talk about your book a little bit, and we're also going to talk about you yes. uh, right here in the community, just for those who don't know who you are. Yes. Uh, give us just a little background on yourself.
1: Well, um, good morning, everyone. It's good to be in the studios today. Indeed.
0: And i just say that uh, <laughs> this is a very special event for yes. us here at the station. Yes. And you yes. may not even be aware of it, Bernaldo, is that uh, two years ago, when the pandemic, pretty much around the time that we had began this program, the Northwest yes. Check-In, as a chance to check in on the community, provide them with information to uh, navigate yes. the COVID-19 pandemic. And um, we have, obviously, like many businesses and Mm -hmm. many uh, organizations and event space, etc. We're unable to have our public come in and be part of our community. Obviously, we have protocols, such as your vaccination card, which you kindly showed me this morning and everything to pop on in here. But we are excited because this is the first time in the history of this program that we've had a lot of guests on the show was created (laughs) during the COVID time. So we've had people on virtually. So we actually have our first physical guest. So I don't know what that means in terms of our history, but you have the honor of being the first physical guest. Wow. wow. And
1: and this is is important (laughs) and this is good. And it's good to be here. I've been living in Philadelphia for a long time, especially Germantown. I mean, not a very, very long time because you hear the accent. (laughs) You know, I'm from Jamaica but I came here in 2009, and um, it has been quite an experience for me. Um, I I went to University of Pennsylvania, and when I got into University of Pennsylvania, that wasn't my plan to be at University of Penn. But I got in there, and I was able to, um, well, I got into Temple and Drexel, and then someone asked me to apply to University of Penn. But anyway, I applied, and I got in as a provisional student, And I think I was telling you this story some time ago. But um, I came from Jamaica. I already had gone to university. Mm -hmm. I was a pastor. Um, I also worked as the national director. But when I came here, I brought all those skills and talents with me. And I wanted to take my, I want to go to the next level. And I, University of Penn really grounded me. And I did a research and I was able to publish a book that looks at poverty, looks at inequality. And I think it was the book life uh, Jama- by um Life and death, not the book the, the Netflix film Life and death okay. by um, um Jamaica Kincaid and Stephanie Black, which really um given me this kind of uh, uh, interest in studying um, things of, of 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 that affects the human mm. because we are about promoting um positive human opportunities for the human being and, and um, competitiveness and fairness. So I decided, let me study that because what is, I'm from Jamaica. What are the effects of globalization? Right. How is, what, how, what creates that, that, the, the dynamics in the world that causes brain drain, that causes that kind of global self, global north dynamic? And we talk about global self, we talk about the developing countries. We no longer use global self and we no longer use third world. Um, well, we no longer use third word or, or we use um, global itself which is more uh inclusive word because language is important as i said to you so um so that but i am about um currently i have graduated from pain i'm at georgetown university to do my doctorate of liberal studies and i'm a student of liberal studies and liberal studies speaks to issues of ethics mm. and human value if um issues of ethics and human value because we and and i would encourage anyone to to be a student of liberal arts. So I'm, I, I study liberal arts, I study ish- things that challenge the development of human society. Issues that challenge our progress, and I've been here for since 2009, but I, li- but I actually moved fully in Philadelphia, uh, in Germantown in 2000 and about uh, 12. Okay. And it has been great. I'm a member of Phi Beta Sigma fraternity, um, and I have several friends in the community, I go, I'm involved in, the, in our church, nothing, I go to the church at Old Fort UCC Church, um, it, for, at Fourth and Race, I find that quite interesting. And, but what I find really, it, it, when I just came to Germantown, I, and I, I was having a conversation with somebody, Germantown was ideal to me, there was something about the atmosphere. What is, what about it that you connected with? You know, um, you know, I, I'm from Jamaica and the Germans, we have some kind of German history in Jamaica. And you know uh, Germantown has that strong that strong influence in terms of the aesthetics of the community mm-hmm. I like it 's just the feel of the community and then the people the people i 'm going to be honest with you, I thought that of all the places in Philadelphia, Germantown was the less crazy place <laughs> no I mean, of all the places in Philadelphia, I thought it was one of the communities I really was fascinated fascinated with. Um, there is this inclusivity, there is this people, um, there is, I mean, there is some, there is this diversity, mm. uh, and there's always something happening in the community. I believe when I came here, they had there's something that, and not only that it's close to the, to the suburb, it had this suburban feel, right. there's this openness, there's the space that you have, and so that's what I like about the air, uh, and it's next to Lincoln, maybe that's where some of the, the pond or, or the lake or whatever, that's where it's coming from, but the air and it's hilly, and I'm from Jamaica, which is very mountainous and hilly, and I like that, it's not flat, so it's, the, there's the atmosphere and the, and the feel of it and the history, you know, I, when I drive through Germantown, I feel like I'm driving, I'm in Trelawney, there's a place in Jamaica called Trelawney, so, I feel as if I am in trilogy because its it's the the way in which buildings are 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 are, are um, constructed it gives that same kind of feel yes and um and another thing is and and the next thing is the it's the people are inviting the people are inviting easy to talk to and um and I decided that, you know, this is where I want to settle in Germantown. Well, we're we're glad to have you in the community. (laughs) And and more
0: importantly, you stopped in here this morning to spend some time with us here and check in. Uh, The name of the program, of course, is the Northwest Check-in. We invite the citizens of our community, Yes, uh, interesting going on, culturally, civically, Mm community-minded, to check in and and be part of the program. And we're getting, you know, just kind of touch on your book here. It's called Neoliberalism, Globalization, Income, Inequality, Poverty, and Resistance. Um, just what you kind of alluded to, what inspired it, and that was kind of growing up in Jamaica yeah. and combining. But it's not just about uh, the, within Jamaica. It, it, yeah. It's a more broad.
1: Yes. Book, right. The um, the book and the book was reviewed by Kirkus Review and Online Book Club and several others. And I think some of the big reviewers, probably, I'm not would see, would see for example, Kirkus Review, say that it's an erudite analysis. It's an erudite analysis of Jamaica's economic history. But um, I wouldn't. But it's not just about Jamaica's economic history. It's look at the dynamics of human mm-hmm.
0: society and sort of using Jamaica as the as a case, case, study. case study. yes. Just for those listeners who may be unfamiliar, can you kind of give us a brief history of Jamaica yes. and why this is a good case study? It's a good case study because, say,
1: for example, Jamaica and just so you know, Prince William and yeah. Princess Kate—they went <laughs> to Jamaica recently—and there is this huge. Um, uh, there some Jamaicans are for the monarchy. J- Jamaica is still the, the uh, England is still our head of state. The Queen, Queen Elizabeth, is still our head of state. But Jamaica was a colony of of Britain. But before so, of the Spanish uh, Christopher Columbus discovered Jamaica in 1492, and we were a colony of Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And after that, um, the Spanish, the the English, took Jamaica to Jamaica from the Spanish and which uh, and they started slave the slavery right. or the slave trade. And the sugar plantation, uh, they, which they started to do. So Jamaica was part of the whole slave trade where some slaves came from Africa. And of course, and when, and, and the slaves stopped in Africa. They provided the spices and so on. So the slave trade, so they were part of that. But of course, after, after slavery was abolished in 1833, in Jamaica. The emancipation of slavery was in 1833, and the abolishment of slavery was in 1866, um, it was 30 years after the abolishment. What happened was that uh, many of the slaves left the plantation, so there was indentured servitude, or indentured neighbors, people from China and India. So you saw that, it's just, so Jamaica is mixed up of Chinese, mm-hmm. India, cross-pollination. And, cross-pollination, and so what happened is that uh, Jamaica, over time, uh, has since... Uh, move towards independence in 1962 in a way to develop there and uh, to carve their own history. But what has happened is that Jamaica has has had to, de- uh, to liberalize its economies. They have to, um, at, at one moment when Jamaica got independence in, in 1962 they used the British dollars they used, um, uh, sorry, sterling pound and it went from the sterling pound to the Jamaican dollars and they had to um, uh, liberalize the economy. So they had to uh, uh um remove tariffs um de um open up their economy so as to create penetration because as they were get as they became independent at the same time the world was speeding towards globalization right. you know what was going on in the world so so many of these states jamaica barbados trinidad and many of the former caribbean uh, uh, colonial um uh, countries uh the countries that were once colonies of britain they went in the ni- in the 1960s and, and in that, that period were affected by what was happening in the world, and of course, by the 1970s, they met with, with the oil crisis, and the oil crisis really affected these countries in the sense that um, they are vulnerable, and they're and they're they smaller states, and so uh, and as a result, they needed money, and they went to they, they went to the IMF and the World Bank, and they got and, and but and that's where and that's what we talk about structural adjustment. They created a plan with the WTO and IMF and the World Bank to, to help vulnerable states as the world moves towards globalisation and the world moves towards crossing borders, including Car- the Caribbean Islands, as because part of globalisation is to cross borders. You, are, you want to facilitate this crossing of borders, the exchange that takes place between countries. But part of this exchange, there is this unfairness. Mm. What is this that creates poverty? What it is that creates inequality? What it is that puts people behind So When I came to the US, I was interested in that. I was interested in, I wanted to find out why is it that people in the Caribbean, people in the global South, why is it that they, their lives are, are so vulnerable compared to the other countries? And so, I, and I wanted it to be more interdisciplinary. And so, so that led me to the point of uh, wanting to explore the issues of poverty, because I come from poverty in a sense, not really poverty in a, but I come from a, com- compared to the U.S., compared right. to the, I come from poverty, the experience of poverty as I said to you is different. The poverty in the Caribbean that people experience, it's kind of, they have a bucolic society in the U.S. They, and, and post-industrial country, the pop—the the kind of society is dif- different. So, and so, we, so I wanted to understand that and the international arrangements that creates income inequality, poverty, and then explore solutions to that. And so, of course, I, this, I went, when I came here, I, I started to, uh, I worked with Martin Oppenheimer and Walter and, and some of these people to, to study this concept of, of, of globalization. And, of, of course, I was reading uh, several books. Um, Martin Oppenheimer was a very influential in my life. But I wanted to understand. I, I was interested in globalization because Jamaicans travel, people to the carry the, the world is about travel. People travel and people travel, and I said in the book, people travel for opportunity. Right. People travel to get to the next level, and um, and the world has always been about travel. But um, but of course, there are those who are preventing travel. You know, it's there's there's the immigration issue, and I, and I wrote recently, um, until we deal with the problem of immigration, um, or the problem of. Um, yeah poverty and income inequality or the unfairness within competition or the unfair competition Mm -hmm. in society won't deal with immigration so we we won't fix the problem properly or resolve
0: it. So you're you're saying that the immigration issues are really related to income inequality and poverty because people are looking for greater advances. Yes, yes.
1: So people are looking to advance and people have and travel, the story of America is the story of immigrants coming here looking for opportunity, the story of people in the global south and vulnerable people are people who are struggling, looking for opportunity, and travel facilitates and produces immigration. Is speaks to that issue of travel and globalization speaks to that because globalization is about crossing borders, right. mm-hmm. and we are fas- and to facilitate this kind of cross-border relations or the exchange that takes place in humanity because life is about people and how people relate. Life is about people and how people live. And we talk about communication. Communication is to make popular what was the monopoly. Popular, what was the monopoly? And so what we are doing, and, if, and globalization facilitates this kind of exchange, this kind of movement and so on. But it also brings with it brain drain. Say for example, I'm from, you know, where the best and the brightest are leaving. So I wanted to understand all those concepts. The fact that people are moving and that they have to move. at the same time there are immigration policies that is preventing that so one thing that i talk about is connectionism um i talk about the fact that the kind of protestant ethic that drives us no more is not one of the protestant ethic or the one of that was what max Weber says hard work savings and so on but it's one of nepotism and greed and connectionism where where people form connections and groups and association that that and then create laws to to govern to govern that trade and to facilitate international movement but more often than not some person's benefit and others don't and so that's what we have So globalization helps to facilitate this but in a sense there are winners and
0: losers right but why are there winners and losers i was got a bad question I was gonna why what do you see causing this divide is that yes. I mean, on one hand we're talking a globalization yes. when you think about it from and economic and business aspect, um, you know, you start to go, okay, uh, yes. it seems to be the, without getting into like a heavy duty poly- political yes. discussion, uh, it seems that those in the corporate larger scale are all for it when it benefits them, yet when they see the individual seeking the opportunity, that is frowned upon, yet yes. it is still that the divide, it doesn't seem to be. Equal. So. That
1: is true, you know, I'm, okay, I have said that, um, I what I have said is that what has happened with the Caribbean or, or, or the people of the global South or people who are not meaningfully involved in globalization that is neoliberalized, right. and when I talk about neoliberalism or neoliberal, neo means new, liberal means free. So, Neil, we're we're talking about breaking down barriers to globalization. But Michael Crozier talks about the bureaucratic phenomenon. Right. And the bureaucratic phenomenon is, in a sense, uh, a duplicitous, deals with issue of duplicity, deals with issues of hypocrisy or pharisaicalism, where you say, do as I do, but not as I say. So what happened was that. See, for example, the World Trade Organization and many of those international bodies are created. And when they were created, they were created to so that persons can abide by certain rules in agreement that, 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 that speaks to fear game and competition. And I've always said that I am for competition. Nothing is wrong with competition, but the problem of competition is one, there are those who has already gained a competitive advantage in the world and so if you have gained a competitive already gained some kind of competitive advantage in the world at the expense of others and now you're moving in a globalized world we have to do we have to facilitate we have to facilitate their their inclusion in the world we have to try to facilitate their development in the world and so what what has happened is that the, when organizations came together with rules and guidelines that would put, that would stop say for example we're talking about structural adjustment policies, policies to regulate the economies the certain guidelines have to be fair mm-hmm. so in the sense that you so say for example I, I talk about this in my book at in, in one instance in, a, in an effort to speed towards globalization so to facilitate multinationalism and transnationalism, which was actually the, the the overall what has happened with neoliberal globalisation. One of the one of the things that we know that was part of the structural adjustment agreement with the IMF, the World Bank, and which falls on the WTO because World Trade Organization is about facilitating trade. Trade between countries and so on. <coughs> and then the IMF and the World Bank was created to, to provide smaller states and developing states with the aid so that they can so that they can meaningfully engage the world, this new thrust of globalization, but this is what happened. As I said, I talk about the bureaucratic phenomenon or this issue of Phariseekalism, where, where do as I say but not as I do. The problem is, some, say for example, farmers and 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 and, and milk producers in Jamaica and in some Caribbean islands could not now subsidize because you want you don't want you don't want unfair trade. Right. You want it to, so f- part of this neoliberal globalization, which I said is a strategy, because I'm going to speak to the issue of strategy. Mm -hmm. Strategy was they, here it is that the US was, and other post-industrial countries, the post-industrial countries were subsidizing their, their their farmers and so on and so forth. While in the the global south and these other countries, they they were part of the agreement and they they couldn't Mm -hmm. subsidize the local. That was part of the agreement. So you see, we're talking about neoliberal, we're talking about globalization, we're talking about facilitating trade, but I'm talking about fear fair gain. But here it is it that there's other persons from other countries who are already dealing with the past, already dealing with the past of colonialism and so on. Now, I met with the issue of an inability to, to provide necessary developmental gains or uh, investment in their country based on WTO's ruling. Which now puts them back, it puts them back because so now they have to get a loan. Which, and they, what do they apply to the loan? They apply what they believe that how, how the Caribbean, and see, for example, Michael Manley was a former Prime Minister of Jamaica, indicated in an interview some time ago, talks about the fact that um, they, were not, uh, they were given loans then because, fine, they, they had, because the problem in the Caribbean is, uh, is money, they don't have yeah. money. And, um, and we know tourism and bauxite and so on, and, they, and and agriculture is no longer part of the. Say, for example, Jamaica's had the Caribbean, you just export banana, but after NAFTA, they no longer, because they had a, a preferential agreement. Oh, I didn't know that. And of course, because it was against WTO policies. So the point I'm making is that you see globalization and the world comes together to facilitate trade and, and so on, but at the same time, where are some of these countries starting from? Exactly. So you, you have a country yes. that's
0: already again. We'll use like, you know, Jamaica yes. as an example. It, it's a small problem. It has, you know, as we were, as you mentioned earlier, the on the scale of poverty. Yes. Uh, it, it's it's a, so it's definitely you know and the races they're way down here. Yes. And so you know and they're having to compete or at least factor that. But how does this impact the actual individual? Yes. If that's what I guess I'm you know. It, like a citizen, a person, a human being living in Jamaica. In Jamaica is...
1: You can... When you watch Life and Death, and even if you listen to the stories, and the fact that, you know, Jamaica has a... The car, people in the Caribbean, we talk about brain drain. Hmm. The fact that people travel... I said, okay, I re, I listened to the introduction of my book, sure. really, and you have to... This is quite interesting, and I thought... Because I believe it's, it also talks about my experience as an an individual of the global south moving to the global north. And you're talking about global south, global north dynamic and so on. I said, when we hear of Jamaica, we think of the Caribbean, we think of beautiful islands of paradise with sun, sea and sand, reggae music, cannabis and I repeat, I repeat people like Usain Bolt, people who are living out their best lives and desires and, and dreams. But this book analyzes this motif. Given the historical and current economic and political situation in Jamaica and the global south. And I said, in an attempt to escape the adverse realities of poverty, inequality, and in- injustice, the people of the global south find themselves in north metropolises. Notice I say north, I'm playing with it, I'm being very deliberate when I say north metropolises, the global, the post-industrial country, with very little agency and and minimal change, excuse me, to their lives. So, you know. There is no escape right. for the person from the Global South. There is no escape. So They feel locked in, uh, because there you have, the, some, some Jamaicans feel as though it's a political issue, that the politicians are weak, need, and lack vision. And, that, um, but, and of course, in Jamaica, there is the issue of criminality. So Jamaicans and people of the Global South are always looking to travel. They're always looking for opportunity. Because for many Jamaicans and many people in the of the Global South and vulnerable countries, There is no hope except outside of their own countries.
0: And I'd like to get back to that and talk about how it impacts the country itself due to brain drain. Yes. Uh, but let's take a little break here for those listening in this morning on the Northwest Check. And we are here with uh, author, scholar, Germantown resident, yes. Ronaldo McKenzie. We're talking uh, about neoliberalism, globalization, income inequality, poverty, and resistance, which just happens to be yes. the name of his uh, latest book. Yes, yes. We'll talk a little bit more about that. going to take a little note. It's something we have every uh, morning at this time. We improve our vocabulary, okay. Ronaldo, with a, a word of the week uh, produced by one of our programmers, Reed McCardell. Who hosts speech? Your vocabulary. Accordingly, we give you this the word of the week. adjective S A T R O S T O M O U S. Having bad
1: breath. I'm going to add that one. That's a good (laughs) one. All right.
0: And I'm sure we're both going to figure out how to use this word. Yes. (laughs) Is it (laughs) saprostomous? Yes. S-A-P-R-O-S-T-O-M-O-U-S. (laughs) Saprostomous. So there you go.
1: I do not. I hope I don't have to frost them us this morning.
0: There you go. <laughs> we have Mike, yes. Mike socks. Oh, yes. We, we, <laughs> yes. We, and we are apart. Yes. We're good. Yeah, have this nice spray, just in case. <laughs> we're not using it this morning. You're fine. Thanks yes, for joining yes, us. This yes. is fun to have a, an actual live guest in here. Just a couple other things I want to talk to our listeners about that we do here in the morning is this weekend, there's lots of stuff going on in cleaning up our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Germantown is having a number of cleanups. I'm going to get to some of them for you right now. Uh, One of which is uh, going to be happening at the um, town hall. Um, They're going to go dirty up dirt.